It's the Score North Twin Show. So I wanted to talk to him. I told P.S. I'm going to go talk to him. And I, and I went down in the tunnel, and he was very receptive and uh, had a good, quick conversation with him. And I said, you know, is there enough in there where you think, you know, you keep getting outs? Can you go all the way? And he said, I'm riding a good good high right now. I'm feeling pretty good. He goes, uh, yeah, I think I can do that. So I said, good, you're going to keep pitching that. So that was it. That was really the extent of it. But uh, sometimes you just want to know. Um, we had our whole bullpen ready to go, but uh, letting letting Dallas uh, pitch as long as uh, he was going to go was important to, to, I think, all of us. Okay, yeah, he, he makes it seem like, I just checked in with Dallas, make sure he had enough gas in the tank to complete the uh, perfect game. In reality, Every pitch of that seventh inning, Rocco was like taking a couple steps up on the warning track dirt. Oh, oh, no. He got him immediately after he gave up. I mean, the, the, before he even walked back to the mound after he gave up that double in the Dude, seventh. The he ball was hadn't up. landed yeah. yet. And he was like, oh, there we go. Brian, Brian Reynolds doubled the right, was hitting the wall surface, and Rocco was like on right. the mound. Oh, man. It's great. But you know, all you negative Nancys out there, okay? You Patrick Royces calling calling Dallas Keuchel meatball, okay? It was Patrick, not me. You were pretty negative, too. You were his little sniveling sidekick. Oh, God, I thought it was hilarious. Funny. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But he comes back, and I mean, if, if, you know, where was uh, six perfect innings on your Dallas Keuchel bingo card? Probably nowhere to be found. Yeah, so I guess if you had – now, the one thing that was incredible, I went to the games on Friday and Sunday, and I tweeted this out. I'm not joking. There were two names in the Pirates lineup on Friday that I knew. Yeah, McCutcheon uh, was out of the lineup on Friday. McCutcheon right? was so. out uh, – yes, Brian, Brian Reynolds Hayes. and oh. Hayes. Yeah, yes, uh, though, me too. I did not, I'm not joking. I did not know the rest of the names. Dude, it was a bunch of, like, creative players on NLB The Show yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> One after another. <laughs> and they all were looking back sideways at uh, at Laz Diaz. Every inning, somebody was like, come on now, guy. It's like, dude, it's a perfect game. Laz Diaz knows it's a perfect game, too. And he's Laz Diaz. So if you're not swinging on some of those close pitches, that's on yes. you, guy. Random Laz, Pirates guy. Laz Diaz and Angel Hernandez were both behind the plate in the big leagues on Sunday. God bless America. <laughs> yes. It's the it's the giant fu to the uh, electronic strike zone that's on the horizon. Really is. So uh, this is your state of the twins Monday edition of the Score North Twin Show, where we just want the twins to win a playoff game at some point for the first time in twenty years. Okay, can we make it happen this year? Is the question. So we'll go through kind of the state of the the standings and where the twins sit right now. We have a major change in who they would play in the first round as mm-hmm. of yesterday. And then we'll go through some categories. But uh, the State of the Twin Show is presented by our friends at Modest Brewing, a beautiful tap room in the North Loop right next to Target Field. You can also find cans in your local liquor stores throughout the metro. I know the liquor store that I go to always has like, feels like seven or eight different cans of, uh, of Modest, depending on the season. But um, it's just one of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities. Opened in 2016, steps from Target Field and the light rail. It's also the first place we ever did a live recording of the Scorner Twin Show back in the uh, the summer of Bombas in 2019. So check them out, modestbrewing.com, or just stop in and guzzle a couple pregame drinks here for this stretch run. So, all right, let's start with the overall snapshot, boys. The Twins are 65 and 60 going into this week. 
Six games ahead of the Guardians. It's their biggest division lead of the season, and it's the biggest division lead of any team in the American League. Mm-hmm. Crazy. The Orioles are 30 games over 500, but they can't, uh, can't get separation <laughs> from, from the Rays. The Yankees, by the way, just lost their eighth consecutive game. Yeah. They are 17 games out of first place in the American League East. I don't know if you saw that. Bye, Aaron Boone. Yeah. I mean, it's not all his fault, but he will definitely be available. Yep. Uh, Twins offense currently ranks 19th in runs per game. Twins defense and pitching ranks fourth in runs allowed per game. So kind of the, kind of a similar story as we've seen all year long. Baseball reference gives the Twins a 92% chance to make the playoffs now. Fangraphs gives the Twins a 95% chance to make the playoffs now. Yeah. It's a certainty at this point, even though it's it's only a six-game lead. I mean, six games is a pretty good cushion, but they're Cleveland. treating Cleveland like a sinking ship. So They could just go home. Yeah, and they're trying to. On the World Series front, the Twins have a 3% chance to win it all, according to baseball reference, and a 4% chance to win it all, according to Fangraph. So if they, if they played the entire postseason 100 times, we would be celebrating three or four times with a parade. And Declan, uh, who's in charge of the graphic design here on the Squire Twin Show, look at the beautiful graphic design job here. A 32 uh, magic number for the Twins. 32 games. Is it thir- is it the magic number? Is it games? It's thirty two games, right? Like it's either them or the opponent. Right. Them. So if you let's say, regardless, if the Twins win a game, the number goes down by one. If they and win if the, if and the, a Guardians, if the, if the Guardians lose, boom, it goes down by two. So yep. if the Guardian and if also the Guardians ever lose, basically, whoever the second place team, if they're losing, you will gain a spot in the magic number, no matter what the win or loss for you. Yeah. So if the playoffs started today. The three seed twins would play the six seed Seattle Mariners in a three game wild card Fun. playoff series. The Blue Scorching Jays have hard. moved down. So, yeah, the yep. Mariners are now 14 games over 500. At one point, they were like well below 500 in the first couple of months of the season. So, they are one of the hottest teams in baseball. They're actually four and a half games ahead of the twins in the American League standings. They traded at the deadline because they were not in this position a month ago. They traded their lights-out closer, Paul Seawall, to the Diamondbacks. Since then, they've been one of the hottest teams in baseball. And the Diamondbacks are currently out of the playoffs. They're a game out of the playoffs in the National League. It's funny how that works sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's one of the hottest hitters on the planet? they got some pop in that lineup. They have, uh, I mean, Luis Castillo at the top of the rotation. They have some good starting pitchers there, too. So how would you feel about Mariners compared to maybe Blue Jays? If the playoffs started today, hosting them, um, I think the Twins could win a game. Still, I, I wouldn't predict it. I wouldn't this predict guy. that they will. Whoa, win this is a wait, this, guy. Whoa, this is breaking. Whoa. This is a change. This is a change for Judd. You oh, have, I think the Twins could. Well, if, if they do, no, if they dude, don't. Declan, am I right? Last week, this. he was still on the. There's no way they can win a game. A game. And we fought well, about. I thought, them, I, said, sure. I, I, I thought I've agreed that they can win a game. You've but agreed I, on they, the premise. I will say that's the most optimistic the I have heard you about the idea of them going in the playoffs. You were very, you were, you were kind of bubbly. You kind of had a little, little twinkle in your eye. It wasn't well, as sour. Bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like to steer. I, you know what? Much like an e- email that I accidentally send to the wrong person, I'd like to recall the my bubbliness. No, why are I'd you like recalling to recall it? it right now? Because so. If the Twins, and this is a big if, if they do the smart things that they often don't do, they can win a game. 
If they don't, they probably lose two games. But if they play the right people at the right positions and start the right pitchers and have the right bullpen construction, none of which I trust them to do, they can win a game. You think Dallas Keuchel is the game one starter right now after yesterday? Uh, I think Lopez has to start, not Gray. I also think I don't trust the, these guys. They don't know positionally. They have no clue at times. The, this Polanco thing, this Polanco Julian. We'll, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get so there. yeah. So so anyway, if Rocco, if if they listen to me, they can win a playoff game. <laughs> if they don't, and, and again, this goes back to what I said. It depends on how it looks. If it depends on how it looks. <laughs> so well, let's get to the first category here because it it's a. Uh, well, it's 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 the Byron Buxton thing, but then it kind of trickles down into okay, what do you do? You now you can go into your like positional rant here if you want the Polanco stuff, but the Twins are gearing up for Byron Buxton to play center field in September and maybe October. Yeah. So Doogie floated this. It's funny Doogie came on the scoop last week and he was like, "I'm hearing that the Buxton camp is not thrilled with the way that this rehab is going," and I I'm curious to hear tomorrow's scoop session. Is he unhappy? Because and then he said, "There's a chance that he might be." You even had kind of sniffed out that like they're doing some things with him that make it seem like he's going to play center field again. Rocco confirmed it that they would like him to play center field, maybe not every single day, but they'd like right. that to be an option to free up the DH spot, whatever. Right. Right. So let's just start there. What do you make of the Twins gearing Byron Buxton up to play center field when he comes back, assuming he's not coming back in August here, the ten days left in August, sometime in September. And I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on Unchained last week on like the Thursday, Patrick said this as well because he said, right. "Don't Pat be flo- surprised." Pat yeah, yeah. So Pat did. Dukes has been floating this for months because I think the Buxton camp is not happy that he's not being allowed to play out there. I think now they have no choice. I think he has to play. I think if he's going to play, and by the way, I am fine with him not playing too. And and with um, Taylor starting in center, not because his bat is great, but because his glove is good too. And I'm curious to see what Byron Buxton looks out there. He hasn't played out there in forever. And I'm not buying this. My my IL stint has gotten me. I feel great now. I'm buying they have no choice. He has to play there if he's going to play. He cannot tie up the DH spot. It makes no sense. Um, if you're facing a right-hander, Julian's my guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that DH spot needs to float. I'm not saying Buxton can never play or be used there. I am saying this is simply common sense. And I think all the stuff about, well, he's feeling great and blah, 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 is just outside noise. Like, they're trying to create, like, it's harmony. It's, it's as Dukes likes to say, kumbaya. Yeah. But, but this is, I think, their only choice when you get to the playoffs is if Buxton plays, there's going to have to be outfield play involved there. Yeah, it. He's definitely, if he can play the field, then he's available off the bench. Or, like, Michael A. Taylor is a great number nine hitter. He plays solid defense. He runs into some baseballs. I mean, if with Buxton's playing the field, that's pretty much what you can expect from Buxton at this point. He's going to play yeah. decent defense. He's going to run into a few baseballs. But with Michael A. Taylor, he's been healthy. Like, uh, Buxton would have to earn the spot, in my opinion, to give him some ample time to start a playoff game. Yeah, it's 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 interesting if if you think of the peak version of Buxton that we've seen throughout the last few years, obviously that's a better player than Michael A. Taylor, but the version we've seen this year, just as a hitter, I I think is better than Michael A. Taylor, but it's not that big of a gap. Like this year's version of Buxton, 
And in the outfield, we don't know what he's going to look like. Right. We don't know another year of deterioration. And I'm with you, Judd. This whole like, well, let's really make sure he feels a plus. There, there is no such thing. There is no such thing. Maybe he feels the best he's felt this season so far since like April, but he's always going to feel something. So I would just kind of chalk it up to this. That contract wasn't signed so that he could be a 29 year old designated hitter. And I would say, we're not going to run you out there. There's no expectation to run you out there every single day, but the circumstance has changed. Royce Lewis is a starting third baseman. Edward Julian, who wasn't really in our plans a year ago when we signed the contract is one of our three best hitters. But Polanco's our best defensive second baseman. That's where he's most comfortable. And and by the way, going into the playoffs, how comfortable would you feel just defensively? I know Polanco made a really bad, uh, he made like a throwing error or something against the Astros a couple of years ago, or was it the Yankees? Yeah. But generally, Astros. Astros. generally, I trust him greatly at second base. And then Great. Correa is one of the best defensive shortstops. Yep. So I get a rock-solid starting pitching staff and two veteran up-the-middle defenders and then either Michael A. Taylor or 75% of Byron Buxton in center, you can win playoff games with that up the middle defense and run prevention. So, and then opening up, okay, Buxton, you're going to play center field in two of the three wildcard games or something. Or if it's a mm-hmm. five game, uh, seven game series where you're going to play every other game, but we want the flexibility to put Julian at DH, maybe for the rest of the season, like the regular season, Polanco sits out a couple days a week. Maybe he rests a day. DH is a day. Julian can still play second base like twice a week or something. Mm-hmm. But this makes total sense. The contract wasn't signed for him to be a DH. He's not been a great DH this season. So run him out there, give him some fly balls for a couple weeks and see what happens. And Julian, so the, the, the problem too, and it's Pittsburgh, so it didn't hurt you a bit, but you know, on Sunday, Julian starts at second and it's two to nothing. So it's it's a close game. Like in a playoff game, that's far from safe. And they they rightfully so put Kyle Farmer at second late in that game and take Julian's bat out. Now, if you were to do that in a playoff game, it's malpractice. But you do have to put in so so like Polanco, Polanco just needs to be in the playoffs left at second. Yeah. And the thing too is I, I would argue that I would want to get – I want to get Julian a ton of DH at-bats now because I don't know that he's entirely comfortable there yet, but that's where he's going to have to play. Mm-hmm. So get him that experience now. Because I, I feel like this whole thing of it, – it feels like we get a lot of, well, if I'm not playing the field, I'm not as comfortable, I'm thinking about my – well, at some point, dude, you are a professional hitter, right? You got you to find a way. There's been a lot of guys who have found a way. Nelson Cruz, yes. Jim Tomey, like, you know. Amen. Exactly. And Julian's approach at the plate, I absolutely love. So the thing about it is I would want to play Polanco a lot at second now and Julian at DH really just to get Julian prepared for you are going to DH. Like once we get to the playoffs, dude, you ain't playing second base. That's a recipe for disaster. Yep. Yep. So I guess we'll see how that progresses. You know, has he taken a fly ball in center field all summer? Yeah, Doogie's mentioned it a few times on the scoops. He's, he has taken some, he has shagged, he has gone out there a few times. Not okay. a lot, but he definitely has. So he'll go stand out there either during batting practice or is it like, in, is it intended fly ball practice? I want I mean, to say, they're I, kind of similar, but I want to say I saw reports coming um, over the weekend when, when all of the publications wrote about this potential move that he was out there a few days ago. Okay. 
intended intended taking fly balls yep. for him. Yeah, super interesting. Now, I mean, if you can if you can just get like six weeks of a jolt from him, and he's playing half the games in center, and his his bat comes back. I mean, it's what you're potentially adding with him coming back to the lineup. If he's even eighty percent of right. the peak version, is a pretty damn good player that can help carry you. Yep, and can he go full speed too? Like that—that's my question. Because there have been games. There's been no no question, and I don't even like have a problem with this. He's hit some ground balls where he used to make them close plays, mm-hmm. and now he doesn't. And I think part of it's pain, but part of it's trying to be smart too. Yep. So, like when the playoffs start, can he flip the switch back to the back to the guy that went full tilt, or does mm-hmm. there always have to be this concern about? Because here's here. To Dex's point, the interesting part of this discussion, as crazy as it might sound, is Michael A. Taylor can sort of be a poor man's Buxton. Yeah. So if Buxton's not healthy, he's not Buxton himself. So like it gets to be a little bit of a discussion point because I will say this: Taylor's going to be able to run full speed constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, I mean, in, in the in the outfield too. It's like what is yeah. his range compared to what it was a year ago? Exactly. Uh, I, we don't we don't really know. On the infield hit front, I'm trying to find if the if Fangraphs has this. So, yeah, in they do have infield hit percentage. Let's see if they have like individuals. So uh, here you go, infield hits. So he had like in 2017, he had 16 infield hits. He has seven this year. So he'll still hit a ground ball, you know, between a third baseman and a shortstop or up the middle or something and beat it out. But you're right, it doesn't seem like. Early in his career, it was like anytime he hit a ground ball to the left side of the infield or up the middle, you're like, oh, my God, is he going to beat this out? It's like a yes. routine grounder to shortstop. Yes. Is he going to beat it out? So, all right, category number two here. Let's talk about the Dallas Keuchel flirtation with perfection yesterday. So, yeah, I think Rocco was relieved that he didn't have to walk that tightrope anymore. All right, great. Six perfect innings. There's a double. We'll bring in our relievers. And it was an atrocious Pirates lineup, so that's the other asterisk. But he did strike out three batters. He had no strikeouts in his first two starts, which in today's Major League Baseball is almost impossible. He did generate six swinging strikes, which is the most of any of his three starts in the majors this season. And his ground ball rate on the season is just under 60%, which is in line with his his ground ball rate for his career. So... How do you treat Dallas Keuchel after this flirtation with perfection? Joe Ryan's on a rehab assignment right now. He pitched pretty well a couple days ago. There is some talk that maybe the Twins are going to go to a six-man rotation, but what does this, if if Keuchel was kind of going into this, hey, if you get rocked, your career's probably over. I don't, I don't think it's unfair to say that that's what was on the line yesterday. How do you treat it now that he did what he did yesterday? Well, First of all, I think a six-man rotation at this point is probably smart, right? Because you're, you're going to take some workload off guys like Ober, who is, I think, has flown by most innings he's pitched previously. Yeah. So I think that's fine. I think when you get to the playoffs, he's not on the playoff roster, especially the first round, uh, that being Keuchel. But like, if they go to a six-man now for September, I think that's absolutely fine. And look, he could blow up again now, and then it's it, and then it might be done. But that was impressive. Yes, it's against a Pittsburgh team that's about as nondescript as a team can possibly get, which has to be kept in mind. Uh, but if I can alleviate some of the fatigue on other arms because Keuchel is pitching competently, that's a win. 
Yeah, he just he takes the burden off everyone else in the rotation, and if and if he can give you you know seven more six seven more starts here between now and the end of the season, makes life a lot easier for Pablo and Sonny Gray. You line things up. I mean, the Twins are in position here, and they're at the six game lead uh, to to probably be the first team to clinch their division in in MLB. So once you're there, you know, can you figure? I'm not saying you'd then punt on the rest of the games. But it makes your life a lot easier knowing that, hey, you're not fighting for your life. You don't have to burn Sonny or, or Pablo Lopez as you get towards the end of the season. Then, like, the playoff rotation gets a little wonky. He just he takes the burden off things. And if he can just give you some five to six quality innings at some point, uh, you, you just, you just got to take it pretty much. Yeah, I think a six-man rotation seems just like, like the right thing to do. Just scale back the workload, whatever. Set it up how you want to. But I have a question off this. He has been great at inducing weak contact and ground balls. He, I don't think he's a guy that I'd want facing the Rangers lineup at some point or you know, even it. like the Mariners lineup for, for five or six innings. But here's my question. Mm-hmm. If he keeps pitching pretty well, he's getting lefties out especially. Dude, Caleb Thielbar is like the only reliable lefty the Twins have. Is Is he a guy you would consider as a second bullpen lefty and a guy that could get you, he could get you multiple innings if needed or, Hey, we need a ground ball double play right now. I know you've been a starting pitcher in your career, but you are the best worm killing pitcher we have on our 40 man roster right now. There's runners on first and second. There's one out. We need a ground ball right now. Would you consider Dallas Keuchel on your playoff roster right now? I personally would not because you're going to play a team like you, like if, if you were going to play a what you considered a team that didn't make uh, a ton of contact, or I should say weak contact, I would. But if I'm going to get Seattle, I, I you know, or like if I got, God forbid, to your point, Texas, no, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could actually go out there and bring him in and hope because the reality might be really, really bad. All right, so right now even – this isn't even including Joey Gallo, which I want to also get into because I just don't understand why he's still on your roster at this point. Um, right now, without Gallo, the Twins have 13 position players. So mm-hmm. Julian, Solano, Royce Lewis. I'm going to include Alex Kirloff into this conversation. Max Kepler, Carlos Correa, Ryan Jeffers, Jorge Polanco, Michael A. Taylor. That's a potential just starting lineup right there of nine. And then your bench would include Matt Walner, Byron Buxton, Kyle Farmer, Christian Vasquez. That's 13 position players. So like, I don't think they can, they're not going to carry 14 position players. So then you have to just basically do the math, right? Of does Dallas Keuchel then fit as one of those other 13 players to get 26 in the playoffs? I don't know where he'd fit. You'd have to bump. I'd have to go back to my reliever list from last time. I mean, I have no problem bumping like a, Cole Sands or uh, I mean Balazovich just got bumped back to triple yeah. A this weekend. So That's there's true. some there's some spots to play with at the bottom of your yeah. reliever group. I, I'd like to revisit this in a week or two. If he makes yeah. another start or two and it's like, okay, he's still plugging so along. He, so he's going to face the Rangers this weekend, right? I think it lines up that way. Okay. Well, yeah. That'll be a good audition. We'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yes, it will be. Um Okay, let's get to the, just real quick on the Joe Ryan front, and then we'll get to the strikeouts and the gallow, and then an immaculate grid. So Joe Ryan, a couple days ago for the Saints against Indianapolis, uh, four innings on a rehab start. He allowed one hit and one run. It was a solo home run, two walks, seven strikeouts, 
So, you know, he's on his way back here at some point. So that'll just, I just want to throw that out there for the audience that he's, he is rehabbing. He is probably going to make another start or two. I don't know what their exact plan for him is. And then they have a decision to make. Does he replace Keuchel? Does it go six man rotation on the offense front? Declan brought up Gallo. Mm-hmm. So uh, Judd, uh, you sent me this note via email. The twins struck out 11, 15 and 16 times in three games against the pirates over the weekend. They did win two of three, but they struck out what? F- <laughs> 42 times in three games. They are still on pace to shatter the major league strikeout record set by the 2021 Chicago Cubs. They're on pace for like a hundred more strikeouts than that Cubs team. So how problematic is the chronic strikeout thing for the twins once you get into a playoff series? I think it's very, very big. I, I think it's huge because they are not putting the ball in play. Like you're creating no opportunity there. The the end result is um, fielding errors cannot occur. Runners, for the most part, if they're on, can't move. So, yes, I, I think, I mean, playoff games are often probably won in, in the margins, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, one, they're one with the small things that allow guys to advance or, or a play a here that's, that drops, that's so, not yeah. made. Like, like when, um, to go back to the game that you referenced with Polanco in the playoffs here a few years back, where he makes a bad throw and all hell breaks loose. Well, if the Astros hitter had struck out, guess what? None of that takes place. Yeah. So, so yes, against the Pirates, 42 strikeouts is embarrassing, but it's not going to be a death knell. And you can obviously, as the Twins did, win a series. But in the playoffs, I think it's a massive problem when you have guys that often. And, and I mean, the scary thing is the Twins and double-digit strikeouts are the norm. Like, it feels like it's another 10, and now it's well, another they're, 15. They're averaging 10 and a half strikeouts yes. per game. So, yes, I think this is a major – I if there are impediments to breaking an 18-game playoff losing streak, I think the proliferation of strikeouts is definitely an impediment. Yeah, and that's where I just think it's it's time to also end the Joey Gallo experiment here. Of all, of all the bench guys that are on there, Walner, Buxton, Farmer, Vasquez – Solano even. I mean, I, I would imagine he's in the opening day or starting game one of a playoff game. I don't think Joey Gallo's worth keeping around at this point. He strikes out at an, in a, just an absurd rate. Um, he's, a, he's a rally killer at this point. He's striking out all the time. To Judd's point, you, when you need the big sacrifice fly, there's a runner at third. Joey Gallo can't even do that, man. Like it, mm-hmm. There's no room for him, in my opinion, anymore on this roster. He's got to go. You know, the second the second biggest strikeout problem for the Twins on the current roster is Michael A. Taylor. So he, he doesn't strike out quite as often as Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo strikes out for the season 43% of plate appearances. Michael A. Taylor, among the current active players, is second at 34%. Buxton's third at 31%. But if you can just... I'm kind of with Declan here. I don't know that the... And if you look at Gallo's last 56 games since the beginning of June... 50% strikeout rate, a 157 batting average, and he only has a 379 slugging percent. He's hit nine home runs over the last 56 games. Are the are the you know is the one home run every eight to ten games on average worth all of the whiffs and rally killing and strikeouts? Yeah, I just I don't see how you can now if you just you know he's a body right now and you're 
comfortably ahead in the division. It's not urgent that you boot him from the roster right now, but I don't know how you can put him in a playoff game and have you know yeah. three or four strikeouts instead of three or four opportunities for a batted ball or something to happen. He, he's also another problem I have with him being on this roster with the current um, administration that the twins have is he has a temptation to prove a point. So yesterday, the Pirates start an opener who's a southpaw. And by the way, on the pregame radio show, you would have thought the Pirates, like, split the atom. Rocco's talking about, I turned my lineup in, but I'm still thinking about it. Man, I sure hate this because I know that they're going to throw a right-hander afterwards. You you would have thought the Pittsburgh Pirates were the smartest team in the history of baseball. Dude. But but anyway, long story short, Jordan Luplo leads off the game, and he gets one at bat. And then yeah. in the third, the Pirates bring in a right-hander. And they're like, okay, it's Joey Gallo time. And he strikes out three times. Like, it's a temptation to say, well, and this now is you've, the move. And now you've pulled Burn. a hitter from your line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like- and you made a move where it's like, this is the smart move. This is the prudent move. No, it's not. Dude, the they did this, they did this with the, the A's, too. It's like. Yes, they, they let some like mediocre, like a bad team with like mediocre pitchers. Oh my God, they're changing. They're bringing an opener in. Like let's let's rip up our lineup card and take Alex Kirilov out of the game or something. Like, no, don't even react to it. It's exactly. the freaking Pirates for God's sakes. And look, they the, the the Mariners. They got the Mariners. Both Kirby and um, not Cueto. I don't know why I call him Johnny Cueto. Who's Castillo? Their other? Castillo. Luis, Luis Castillo. Castillo. Both those guys are righties. So you, you get you're gonna get one of their two right-handed starting pitchers. But let's say in the fifth uh, or sixth they pulled Kirby or one of their right-handed starting pitchers. They put in a lefty, and you have to make a spot start because there's a runner at sec or a spot pinch hitting opportunity because there's a runner at second and third base to get a big run there or to get get a, get take the ball game over. I'm okay with that type of pinch hitting opportunity, but you shouldn't be doing it just like oh well I guess they burned an opener and now you've burned a left-handed hitter out of your lineup after just one at bat. That to me is pretty pointless. Yeah, it's a just start. If you think that they're going to bring in a righty or whatever the combination is, just start the guy that's going to face that pitcher two or three right. times in the middle of the game. Right. Right. You no. Know? Or just say, <laughs> Joey, it's been fun. That's his yeah. time to go. So it's uh, it's trending toward the twins setting the major league strikeout record. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to watch at times. I, yep. I will say that. All right. Any other thoughts before we get to an immaculate grid here on the the state of the twins Monday. Do we know when Kirloff's coming back? If he's coming back, I'm seeing more like nebulous stuff about, you know, uh, this might be a good scoop topic for tomorrow. Cause that's a, it's a pretty important player in my opinion. He's one of the most important players. And what is it with this team where guys who are like important cogs, sometimes young can't stay on the damn field. Feels like they might need to make a change at trainer. I don't know about you guys. I mean, you know, and Royce Lewis, how good is that kid at third? He that that play he made ranging yeah. into foul territory the other day, phenomenal. Just a freaking laser one hop throw too. Yeah, his arm plays for sure. Got two short place. stops. Yes, you do. Well, you, have, you technically have three short stops because Polanco. Yeah, Polanco was, was, a, was got, a short stop, and he got Brooks yeah, Lee knocking on the door. Yeah, Brooks Lee is knocking on the door, and Brooks Lee is hitting now. Brooks Lee, it's incredible. You know, every level he's started off with like a slow week and then and then he doesn't get good he takes off yep so that's another one too like if that guy is just mashing in two or three weeks still do you try to find room i don't know where he plays defensively obviously the dh thing is in question with julian buxton but 
is he a guy that you would just want to figure out a spot in your lineup if he's hitting like this going into the postseason? You might be right because right now it feels like prospects are being called up right and left too. Yep. Yep. So like you, I, I dismissed that for a while. I think you might be right. Look at you. You dismissed the Brooks Lee thing. You dismissed the Twins winning a playoff game. You should stick with Declan and I here, okay? I think well, we have they a do, pretty yeah, good no, idea. But the of Twins win a playoff game if they do what I think they should do. If they don't, screw them. If they call up Brooks Lee and put him, you know, seventh in the order, I'm does just that saying, help them win a playoff game? The Angels just recalled their first round pick from this year's draft, or just called yeah. up their first round pick from this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. So there, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm telling you. We'll see. I'm giving you your props, both of you. Hey, a shout out to our friends at Nutrisource. Specifically, our dogs would like to shout out Nutrisource. <laughs> Maya Mackey, oh. Stella Zolgad, uh, Vinny Goff. Nutrisource offers fantastic, healthy dog food for your little furry friends. Maya currently, she does the Nutrisource chicken and rice food. She does the training treats, and she also does the kombucha once in a while for a little uh, mid-afternoon snack. Great. And and Stella loves those treats. She absolutely loves those. I, I got a question though. Why is Maya's bowl empty there? Well, I'm about we, to I'm about to about pour that. food in. Couldn't it, we yeah. show? But couldn't we show it in action where you're pouring it in and there's the gratification of the moment for this poor dog that has been Would jumping like up do and that down. With Stella in slow why motion. Why, why don't you take a slow motion video for B roll production on our score on our twin show? Yeah, I'd have to clean my kitchen floor then. <laughs> I think the Maya's look of anticipation is the better B-roll because it, it oh, shows good, you yeah, it shows yeah. you how excited she is yeah. to eat. Look at this. What's the better B-roll? This her big, happy, <laughs> goofy face or her head like buried in that bowl. She eats that food in about six seconds. By the it way, it is incredible. Stella's got. To, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, Stella's got the same thing. She eats her food so quickly. Yep. Got to bribe with the treats, especially at bath time. That's what we had to do yesterday. Sorry, Vinny. At least we'll give you some Nutrisource treats. I know you hate the bath, but it'll be okay. So go to NutrisourcePetFoods.com, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. Also, we have added a brand new wing this month to our Scornorth shop. So Scornorth.com slash shop where you can get all your Scornorth merchandise, Purple Daily merchandise, the win one before I die. We have Flagrant Howells t-shirts. We'll put Maybe we'll put some uh, Scornorth Twin Show stuff up there at some point. We also have a collectibles wing. So go to scornorth.com slash shop and click on the collectibles. And thanks to our friends at Universal Sports Auctions, every single week they are putting new things in here for you to get your hands on. Promo code SCORE, by the way, to save 10% on all products site-wide. There's a Tory Hunter custom-signed white jersey. There is, in terms of baseball stuff, there's a, a Sandlot cast-signed custom jersey. Oh, yeah. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of that awesome movie. We've got, let's see here, a lot of football stuff in here, a lot of Viking stuff, uh, baseball stuff, Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura fist fight, signed and framed. Think about how cool that would be to have in your man cave. Yeah, that is Incredible. great. I look great and, behind uh, me. And I think the thing that's been the most popular for us is uh, Justin Jefferson one-handed catch framed and signed. That would look good also behind Judd's head. Judd just wants to use this as an opportunity to ask you, the audience, to buy him things. Yes. At scornorth.com slash shop. Click on collectibles. (laughs) I do it. I do. Exactly right. Go buy him that slap shot jersey. I did frame those. He'll forget your name, but he'll thank you later. I I did frame the the Tarkington picture behind me now. Oh. I actually went out and bought a frame and framed it. Took a lot of work. I didn't enjoy doing it. Nice job being an adult. 
For Carew back there now. Some of my childhood heroes. Looks pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Well, maybe we can use some of these childhood heroes on the Immaculate Grid today. Love it. All right. Let's uh, pop this up for the YouTube audience. We will put six minutes on the clock. People ask, why do you put time on the clock? Just so we don't sit here for 30 minutes trying to guess random players. So this is all teams. There's no stat categories here to match. So we're looking for... A giant who was a ranger, a giant who was a tiger, and a giant who was a dodger. We're looking for a guardian or an Indian who was a ranger, a guardian who was a tiger, a guardian who was a dodger. And then a cardinal who was a tiger. I'm sorry, a ranger and a tiger and a cardinal who was (laughs) a dodger. So for the audio audience, good luck figuring out what I just butchered. For the visual audience, you can follow along here. All right, three, two, one, six minutes on the clock. All right. We go. We go. Will House. Will Clark qualifies for this one. Yep. Will Clark. I was gonna say for, a, Will. I was gonna say AJ Przinsky too. Ooh, that's probably the more obscure yep. one. Yep. Let's do that one. There we go. One percent. One percent. Nice. Let's think of nice. twins. There's gonna be some random twins we can Giant Dodger, uh Brett Butler played for both teams, right? Uh boy, he definitely oh. played for the for the Dodgers. The former Brave. I thought he played for the. Uh, if you're, I mean, I'll trust your '80s instincts here. The former Giant as well. Yeah, fire away. Brett Butler. Three percent. Good job. Three percent, right. dude. The rarity score is intact right now. All right. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. How about a Dodge or a Tiger and a Guardian from the Central? Um, what do we got here? What do we? Oh, you know what's a good one there? Rajai Davis, right? Rajay Davis. Did he play for the Tigers? I think he did, but yeah. I'm not sure enough for that. You know to be what? Our... Didn't um, I? I believe the big the biggest trade of the '60s or among them was Harvey Keen for Rocky Calavito between the, oh. these two teams. Try, try Rocky Calavito. Look at this, your Judd's just there. You go, just banging 5%. it out here. 5%. Oh, five percent more than I thought. Okay, it's pretty good. So uh, for Ranger and Guardian, this might be high, but Corey Kluber, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's other ones we could, well, actually, actually, did didn't Juan Gonzalez play for the uh, Guardians, the Indians, Judd? Juan God. That sounds right. I don't, wouldn't swear to it, but that sounds. Did Albert Bell play for the Rangers? I played for Baltimore. I think so. Okay, yeah, I thought he played for, for sure. an, unless he surfaced with him at the end, which he might have. Because he sounded. Do you want to go Klubes? Sure, sure, Klubes. sure. That's Klubes. fine. Klubes. Yeah. Clubs is fine. It's probably gonna be a 13, 13, 13. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Okay, Ranger. Who was, who was a, a Cardinal? Card? We need a Tiger who was a oh. Giant. Uh, Guardian and Dodger is Tommy. Tommy had a cup of coffee in 09. Yep, with the Dodgers. Yep, with the Dodgers. Before he came here. Four percent. going to be good. Uh, oh, nice. Did Placido Polanco for, uh, for Tiger who was a Cardinal, right? Oh, that yes. sounds good. Yes, Polanco. Or Placido, however you want to. Yeah. Plas. P-L-A-C. There he is. There you go. He was right at the top of the list. Go back. P-L-A-C, and he's the top of the list there. There you go. He's right at the top. There we go. Was that 8%? 8, yep. This is pretty good, you guys. This is a really good rarity score. Um, We have over three minutes left to get three other squares here. All right, Dodger and... We need, a, we need a cardinal who was a ranger and a cardinal who was a dodger, and then we need a uh, a giant who, who was a tiger. 
the giant was a tiger. I feel like there's oh, a lot of Dan those. Gladden. Yeah, there you go. Dan Gladden. Uh, who, for which one? A giant who was a tiger. Dan Gladden. That'll be below his... below 10% for sure. He finished his career. Two. 2%! Nice. Oh, this is great. Nice, AJ would have nice, worked nice. for this square, too. Um, Cardinal, who we was... Um, no, we'll, we'll find one. We'll find one. Cardinal, who... Who's Cardinal, who was a ranger. Any any pitchers? Any... Trying to think of hitters. Did Bob Tewksbury ever play for the Rangers? I don't think he did. He played here. Bob Bobby Tewksbury. Um, did Charlie Hoff ever pitch for the Cardinals? I don't think so. The biggest one for Cardinals dodge will be Pujols. Did uh, yeah. Brian Jordan play for the Rangers at one point? Ooh. He might have. I don't remember that. Kyle Loesch did it. What about go. Gabe Kapler? Did he play for the Cardinals? Kyle Loesch. Kyle Loesch played. I don't know if he played for Texas. He played for St. Louis. Yeah, I don't I think. I think he did. Did he play for Texas? He played for. Did he? I, no, I don't know if he played for Texas. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I don't know that. He played for the Reds. Texas, he played on. for the Brewers. He played for the Cardinals. He played for the Twins. Oh, I, man, that might be a great poll, though. If we're right. Brian Jordan or Kyle Loesch? Loesch. Or both? Well, yeah, either, I guess. Oh, man. That's probably, I'm trying to think, like, into the end of the. Uh, 2000s too, like the Mark McGuire era. Yeah, like power hitters, like just juiced. Yeah, juiced steroid. Hank, like, Hank, did Hank Blaylock? Did he go to the? I didn't even go to the Cardinals. And Tishera never played for the Cardinals. Right? Yeah, Gloucester Gal- <coughs> didn't play for the Rangers. Oh, or did he? It's a good one. Played in Nelson Toronto. Cruz never played for the Cardinals. Cardinals. He he just helped him win the World Series. Two teams played in the World Series. <laughs> Um, it was their crossover. Yeah, like that, That's right? why I'm like getting so many yeah. cross signals because they played each other in the World Series. Like Nelson Cruz, oh, David Freeze. Is a pitcher? I'll put- Isringhausen? Did Isringhausen play for the Rangers? Ooh, he played for a lot of teams. I That's a good. I don't know if this is an Edwin Jackson. We got Jackson. a minute left. I don't know if this is Edwin Jackson. We also okay, need you- a We also need a Dodger who was. Okay, uh, you, you guys continue to talk about that. I'm going to go. We have Greg Gagne. Brian Jordan play. was a Dodger, right? Was he? I can I can envision him in a blue uniform. Right? Did Ray Lankford I play for either of those? Pujols teams? is our safe one. We have Pujols. It's going to be oh, high. Let's do that. But, let's do that right now. Yep. Just let's take it. Then. Yep. Forty-one. Damn. Yeah. We can still get under a hundred here. I think. Okay. All right. We have uh, we have ten seconds if we want to honor the clock here. Or we can maybe we can buy thirty seconds of extra time if our audience will allow it. Brian Jordan might. <laughs> oh my God! If was a, t- a ranger, there's got to be a ranger. There's got to be rangers. That well, if we can't think of another one, we we have three names that we've been hemming and hawing about: Kyle Loesch, Brian Jordan, and Jason Isringhausen. Did John Wetland feel for the? I uh, feel good about Loesch. No, I think I feel good okay. about Kyle Loesch. Second base. I don't hate that guess, dude. Okay, try it. Try it. We'll look up Brian Jordan too, just for fun. But I've got nothing. Kyle Loesch, one time. Come on, one time. Baby. Come on, baby. One time. Come on, let's go. Let's go. No. Let's go. A seventy-eight rarity score, which for us is pretty good. Pretty good. Good job, dude. Okay. Nice work. Oh, Edwin Jackson was definitely on here as a tiger who was a cardinal. High though, nineteen percent. That's hilarious. Hunter Pence. Yep. Victor As Martins. a giant who was a ranger. Edgar Renteria, that'd be a good one. Renteria, okay. Like Jacques Peterson. 
I'm, uh, I, I'm just curious on Brian Jordan now since we... By the way, that Immaculate Grid was presented by our friends over at EcoFun. Okay. Yes. If you're uh, looking to ride around yes. in style, they've got all sorts of souped-up golf carts, scooters from 49cc up to 300cc. They've got ATVs. They've got electric bikes. So many fun toys for you to get into before summer runs out. Two stores to shop in the metro. Forest Lake off 35 North End. And then uh, Burnsville off 35W and County Road 42. More at EcoFunMotorsports.com. That's EcoFunMotorsports.com. So Brian Jordan played for the Dodgers in 2002 uh, and three, uh, and the Rangers yeah. in 2004. So we were both right. Wow, dude. Look at that. Shouldn't question Jesus. ourselves anymore. Wait, that's good. Dodgers and Rangers. That wouldn't have been. Had a, a, that wouldn't have No, worked. he played. He, he played for the oh, Card- Cardinals. The, the Cardinals, Cardinals were his main team. I Cardinals. So we played for the Cardinals, played for the Dodgers. Polls, good. I mean, we had one, two, three, four, five, six under 5%. Dude, this is a good, That's hey, a no good regrets grade. on this one. Yeah. Nope. This is great. And by the way, I love it being all teams. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I, hate I love it. it, Immaculate Grid people. I love you right now. <laughs> I love what you're doing. You're looking great. Hey, give us, if you could, a five-star rating and a positive review of the Scorner Twin Show on Apple Podcasts. You can help us continue to climb charts and spread the word. Yes, we brought this show back about a month ago after a two-month dormant stretch, and we are ready for the postseason stretch run here. With or without Judd's optimism, we are ready. Let's get it. Just do what I want. Do what I say, and it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time on the Scorner Twin Show.